0: It is with Jesus' joy we bring on stage, the prof himself, Dr. Abel Damina. Come on, George, clap your hands, George. Come on, is that all the shouts you have? Give God praise. somebody shout glory. glory. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we rejoice that we are accepted in the beloved. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for access into the deep things of God by the Holy Ghost, which speak words, which the Holy Ghost teach it, comparing spirituals with spiritual. Thank you, Lord, that tonight we take off and we take from the things of the spirit and we declare your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified. Nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that, amen, like thunder. Well, go ahead, give Jesus the greatest shout in this place tonight, if you can. Glory! You can be seated with your sweet, smart self tonight. I'm excited to be at the Logic Church tonight. It's been a long way. And I want to appreciate and celebrate Pastor Flo and the First Lady of this ministry. Can you please celebrate them? Thank you. Thank you for what you do for the kingdom. Thank you for your doggedness and ruggedness. And thank you for making up your mind to stand for the truth of the gospel. We celebrate you, and I'm, I'm so excited to just be with you tonight. And I want to appreciate all of you who support them both to ensure that this vision keeps finding expression. It's just the beginning of great things. And we're just excited to be in this conference. Thank you once again. You can be seated. Thank you. Dr. Phil, that was, that was, that was, that was serious this night. That was serious. I I was excited on my seat because, you know, there are some people who think they can stop this gospel, but it's too late. How can you stop the gospel? You can't. So I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that word tonight. That was very powerful. That was very powerful. Apostle Sammy Oposo, we, we celebrate you. Thank you for all you keep doing for the body of Christ. We, we truly appreciate you. Thank you very much. Pastor Ladi, it's so good to be with you tonight. And, and all the ministers of the gospel, I'm just standing on existing protocol. And I'm going to shoot the word tonight. Are you ready for the word tonight? Somebody shout hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15 brother Paul writes a letter to a protege of his by the name Timothy and he says to Timothy and that from a child thou was known the word known is a Greek word oida oida means you have become acquainted with the holy scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise, the word wise is the word Sophia, thinking from the word sophizo. It means you have become skillful and skill is a product of training. So from a child, you have become acquainted to a point of the development of skill in the Holy Scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So salvation is faith in Christ Jesus. meaning that the message of the holy scriptures which is the greek word harios grammar it means sacred writings is in christ through faith which is in christ the word in christ is brother paul's signature in christ in him by him through him all in him right, so you've known the scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The next verse says all scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration is the word breath. That the scriptures came out of the breath of God. That means God breathed on certain individuals to speak and what was spoken was recorded. It was written because it was spoken and it was spoken so it can be written. And it is written so that it it never changes. All right. So inspiration of God and he says and the scriptures are profitable. The word profitable is a Greek word ophilimos. It means advantageous or useful. So the scriptures are only advantageous and useful in within these parameters. Yeah. Profitable, advantageous, useful. Number one for doctrine. The word doctrine is a Greek word didaskalia. Didaskalia means teaching or explanation. That means the profitability of the scriptures can only be when the scriptures are taught or explained. It's not for memorization or quotation. It is for teaching or explanation. So until the scriptures are explained, the profitability of the scriptures cannot be derived. So the scriptures are profitable for teaching or explanation. Now when the scriptures are taught and explained, they will produce these benefits. The next one is for reproof. The word reproof there is the Greek word elenkos. Elenkos means for. Persuasion, The development of persuasion or conviction. Same word in Hebrews 11.1. One, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence. That word evidence is the same word for reproof. So the scriptures when they are taught and explained. They will bring you to a place of persuasion. A place of conviction. Because they will deliver to you evidence. That is beyond every shadow of doubt. When the scriptures are well taught or explained. Now when you are persuaded. And convinced They will bring you to a place of correction The word correction there Is the Greek word ephanatosis It means to unlearn So you can relearn Or to align your mind And align your thoughts with the scriptures Meaning all your nuances And ideologies knocked off Only the scriptures take preeminence In your thinking process Or in your thought pattern So the scriptures are able to bring you to that place Of correction, a place of alignment Now, when the scriptures are taught and explained, they will profit you in persuasion, which will bring correction, which will eventually arrive at instruction in righteousness. The word instruction in righteousness is the word for spiritual growth. So the scriptures will produce in you spiritual growth. Brother Peter says, at newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. So if the word can be sincere, it means there is insincere milk of the word and he says you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby so if the word taught you is not sincere you will keep hearing but never grow you will be in a state of always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because the word is adulterated the word is contaminated the word is not sincere the word is not pure can somebody shout hallelujah so the scriptures will bring you to a place of spiritual growth and then the bible says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto every good work. John 5 39 Jesus said to the Jews, You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life but they are they which testify of me what Jesus is saying is I am the message of the scriptures what Jesus is saying is if you read the Bible and you don't find me you have not read because from Genesis to Revelation he says they testify of me now when the Bible talks about scriptures he's talking about Genesis to Malachi Genesis to Malachi is the scriptures or the canon Genesis to Malachi that's what we call the old testament but genesis to malachi is not the old testament because the old testament did not begin from genesis the old testament began from exodus hebrews chapter 8 verse 8 and 9 It says in the day when i made a covenant with your fathers when i took them by the hand out of the land of egypt that was the beginning of the old testament so old testament exodus to malachi matthew mark Luke, and john are part of the old testament they are an extension of the old testament with new testament promises they are an extension of the old testament with new testament promises so old testament exodus to malachi extension matthew to john new testament acts of the apostles Acts of the Apostles is not core New Testament. Acts of the Apostle is journalistic account, eyewitness account of what, how the church evolved from law into the New Testament. That's why in chapter 5 of Acts, you will see Peter killing Ananias and Sapphira because they were still transiting and they had what we call cross-testamental applications. Things they carried over from the Old Testament into the New Testament. I don't know if I'm communicating. That's why you will see, you will see them operating at certain levels. But then from chapter 13 of Acts of the Apostles, spiritual growth began to come into the church because people like Brother Paul, had started teaching and bringing revelation to the body of christ can somebody shout another amen so romans to revelation core doctrine new testament what we call the epistles. now so what is genesis genesis is not old testament So what is Genesis? Matthew chapter 19 verse 3. Jesus gives us an explanation. Please put it up for me. Matthew chapter 19 from verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him tempting him and saying unto him is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Next verse. And he answered and said unto them have you not read is the word anaginosco? That is your reading but you're not paying attention. Have you not paid attention? Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female next verse next verse and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twin shall be one flesh next verse wherefore they are no more twin but one flesh what therefore god had joined together let no man put asunder in the beginning it was not so so genesis is the beginning What is Genesis again? I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 15. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, Though it be but a man's covenant. So Exodus to Malachi is a man's covenant. God doesn't have two covenants. Because for God to have two covenants will mean he has dual nature. It will mean that in the Old Testament he was a bad boy, then he got born again in the New Testament. He can't have two covenants. God only has one covenant. So that's why the old covenant is called a man's covenant. Yet, if it be confirmed, no man disannull it or added there too. Next verse. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises. This is not the man's covenant. These are the promises made, and he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ, the seed. Next verse. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God, not the man's covenant. So before man's covenant, there was a covenant confirmed before of God. Where? Where? In Christ, the law, the law, man's covenant, the law, which was 430 years after the covenant of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul. That he should make the promise that God made to Abraham of non-effect. I don't know if I'm communicating. Now hold on, hold on. Move on to the next verse. Next verse, 18. 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then, do I now begin to serve the law to get the promise? it was added it was not the plan it was not the design it was an addendum it was added because of man's transgressions till the seed shook come so it was added for a time it was not added forever The law of Moses was added for a time in view of the transgression of men's hearts. So, the law of Moses is a reflection of men's hearts. It was added. It was not the plan. The plan was the promise to Abraham. The law was added because of transgression. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained. The law was ordained by angels. Angels and Moses orchestrated the law. So because angels and Moses orchestrated the law, you can never know God by the law. The law does not have the revelation of God. Why? Because Moses never saw God and angels never saw God. So whatever angels and Moses will put together will lack the element of God's accurate revelation. The law was added because of transgression. It was not the plan. It was the hardness of men's heart. Jesus said, Moses, because, that because in the Greek is in view of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, God's plan, it was not so. So the law of Moses was given so that it can allow men... See the picture of the condition of their hearts. John chapter 1 verse 1. John 1 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The Bible is a theology. The Bible is a theology. The theology of the Bible is Christology. Mm Without Christology, we have no theology. Our theology is Christology. Are you following? we have bibliology, we have ecclesiology, we have soteriology we have U- U- anthropology, we have we have, have, have end times which is eschatology all the lodges put together lack their balance without Christology, Christology ties all the lodges together so outside Christology any other logic you pursue you will end up in the bush because all the lodges are supposed to arrive at Christology Am I talking to somebody here? So, John will put it like this. In the beginning was the word. The word, word there is the word logos. The word logos is the word logic, which is your charge. It was the logos, the logic. The word logic means the thought, the idea, the reason, the intent, the architecture, the design, the plan. The word the word logic means God's thinking pattern. That is, that, that is God's thought process was in the beginning. All things were made by that thinking process, and that thinking process that ran through the Old Testament took up a body in the Gospels and walked the face of the earth. And John called him the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. Jesus is not God's junior brother. Jesus is not God's errand boy. Jesus is not God's messenger. Jesus is not junior God. Jesus, Dr. Phil said it tonight, Jesus is God almighty. Outside Jesus, there's no God. We have no God elsewhere outside Jesus. Jesus is the only God that there is. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. If you miss Jesus, you miss God. Any God outside of Jesus is idol worship. So Jesus is the thought. He's the plan. He's the idea. He's the intent. He is the purpose. For him, all things were made. By him, all things were made. And all things were made to serve him. Am I communicating at all? The logic, the logos. God's thinking pattern. The, the, the idea of God. The reason behind the writings. The reason behind the scriptures. Jesus. The reason bef- behind all of the writings of scripture. And that is the bias. If you lack the bias of the scripture, you will read everything. And you will practice everything. The, the bias is what divides the line. The bias is what sets the boundaries. What is the bias? Jesus. Jesus. The word. Genesis chapter 1 begins with Jesus. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Barashit Elohim Barat Etashamayim's letter Areth. That's the Hebrew of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. It means in the eternal past. In the deadless past. In the, before the ages began. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Then he broke it down. The earth was without form void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the spirit of God moved. He's not talking about creation. The spirit of God moved. He's not talking about creation. Mm -mm. Because, Because God said, let there be light. That was not sun, moon, and star. because later on in genesis 1 you will see where light which is moon and star were created so the the light in genesis chapter 1 verse 3 was christocentric yeah god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts Uh, John chapter 1 in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it am I talking to somebody here and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the glory of the begotten of the father full of grace and truth and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace I thought somebody would shout grace for grace So, Jesus is God who became a man and walked the face of the earth. How will Isaiah prophesy it? His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So, Jesus is the Mighty God. Meaning, outside Jesus, there's no God elsewhere. Listen carefully. All religions in the world came out of the Bible. All including Islam. And the reason is because it depends on what you are looking for when you read. If you read the Bible and you're looking for Moses, you will end up in Judaism. If you're lo- reading the Bible and you're looking for a prophet, you end up in those prophetic deceptive things. You have to look for Christ. Yeah, he's the light in Genesis 1 3. He's the seed in Genesis 1:11. He's the image of God in Genesis 1:26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. He wasn't talking about Adam. Adam was never the image. Adam was never the likeness. He was talking about Jesus, the image and the likeness of God. Jesus, the image and the likeness of God. The Bible talking about Jesus calls him the express image, the express. Oh, good. Put 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 up for me Hebrews chapter one, verse three, the amplified version. Hebrews, chapter one, verse number three, amplified. Oh, glory to God. Hebrews chapter one, verse three. The amplified, he is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light the outraying of radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Jesus is the the perfect imprint it's called the fullness of the godhead the greek word the pleroma pleroma means the corporate headquarters of the godhead that means when jesus moves all of deity is moving when he moves jesus is the conveyor the container jesus is the totality of deity himself and when he came on your inside all of god came on your inside all of god all of god so it's not it's not i want more of you Mm-mm. i have all of you yeah i have all of him i'm not looking for more i've got everything i need christ in you the hope of glory somebody shout glory he's the totality of deity He's the totality of God. When God said, let us make man out in our image, what God was saying is that out of deity, let a man come forth. And the Bible tells us in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is that God who became flesh. Why did he become flesh? Listen carefully. The incarnation, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. The glorification are all a pattern of all that you are. The prototokus, the prototype, the pattern zone. He came as the monogenua, the monogenes, the only. He died the only and gave up the only and rose the first, the prototype. The prototype that is whatever you see in jesus that's exactly what is in you behold behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god therefore the world knows us not because It knew him not so since it didn't know Christ it can't know you that means you're not a sanguine you're not a melancholy that means you're not an introvert you're not an extrovert that means you're a new creation the world don't know you psychologists don't know you why because as he is so are you since they don't know him they can't know you royal priesthood, chosen generation, peculiar people, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. As he is, so are we in this world. Turn to your neighbor say, they don't know me, they don't know me, they don't know me, they don't know me. Am I talking to somebody here? Our theology is Christology. And out of Christology, To know Christology, we must know him within the confines of his work. The Old Testament calls him Messiah. The the Greek call him Sotar. A Sotar, the the historical use of the word Sotar is in in those days when a a man conquers a territory and governs the territory. Jesus is the Sotar. He conquered sin and he governs the world by the power of his word. And as the Sotar and the Messiah, we can only know him within the confine of his work, salvation. So, Christology will lead me to soteriology. So, theology, theology, Christology. Christology, soteriology. Soteriology is the finished work of salvation. See, you don't pray to be saved, you receive salvation salvation is not an answer to prayer salvation is an offer for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast you don't confess your sins to be saved you confess christ to be saved Because Christ is the solution, the cure to sin. So when you confess him and you see him as that lamb of God that took away the sin, the moment you see him, you receive of what he has done. So in soteriology, I experience the eternal salvation. Salvation is not temporal. Salvation is not predicated on your effort. You are not the savior. The savior is the keeper. An eternal God cannot produce a temporal product if salvation is of God, then salvation must be eternal because God is eternal. It is called everlasting life. It is called eternal life. Eternal is eternal. And listen carefully. It is not conditional. Salvation is not conditional. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. He's the soter. He's the keeper. He's the savior. Somebody said Dr. Damina. What about 1 Corinthians? Chapter 9 verse 27. I put my body under so that after I preach to others I myself may not be a castaway." That's not a scripture for salvation. That's a scripture for ministry. I put my body under so that after I preach. Meaning I am not preaching for me. I'm preaching for him. His reward is not salvation. Somebody says, What about Hebrews chapter 4? Let's walk it. Let's walk it. it. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. Put it on that screen for me. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 4. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. If and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Next verse. If they shall fall away. There are some places you need to sell her. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. Why? Seeing, seeing, they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. In the book of Hebrews, the entire book of Hebrews is a book of contrast. Yeah, the writer of Hebrews was talking to believing Jews, non-believing Jews, will be believing Jews and he was contrasting between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Chapter 1, he talks about the prophets and he talks about the son. So he retires the ministry of the prophets. Chapter 2, he talks about the son and he talks about angels. So he retires the ministry of angels. Chapter 3, he talks about Aaron and he talks about Jesus. So he retires the Levitical priesthood. Chapter 4, he calls Moses a servant. He calls Jesus His son. So he humbles Moses before Jesus. No wonder Jesus will come in Matthew chapter 5 and say you have heard it has been said of old an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say I say Moses told you that. Forget what Moses told you. I am speaking now. Why? Because Moses himself said in Acts chapter 3 verse number 21. Put it up for me. Acts chapter 3 verse number 21. Moses said give me verse 23. Verse 23 because of that. Give me 22 so that we can see the pretext. 22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you next verse and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people so Moses placed a disclaimer on everything he said Moses said I have spoken but the mightier than I is coming whatever he says that contradicts my own trash mine take his I feel like I'm preaching here tonight. If you're catching my flow, shout, I hear you. Moses said, anybody that will not hear him shall be destroyed. So that's why Jesus would say, you have heard by them of old, this for that, that for that. But I say, because I'm the one they're talking for. Uh, Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Jesus rose from the dead on the way to Emmaus. He meets two disciples. And they were discussing about the events of the three days. And they were saying, oh, we thought he was going to deliver us. Oh, we thought he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And then Jesus looked at them and called them fools. Slow of heart. To believe all, all, all that the prophets, Old Testament prophets, the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ. If you were reading well. You should have seen that what they were saying. Is that Christ will suffer. And out of his suffering. Glory will follow. But because you didn't read well. Let me cure your foolishness. Next verse. Beginning (laughs) at Moses. Beginning at Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, Deuteronomy, Moses. In all the prophets. He expound. Now, this was Jesus' first Bible study after resurrection. And this is superior to all the parables. This is Jesus' first Bible study after resurrection. And this is superior to all the parables of Jesus. Because when he was speaking parables in chapter 16 of John, the last Bible study of Jesus before death. He said, I have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them. That means because you couldn't bear them, I didn't say what I wanted to say. So he placed a disclaimer on the parables. Then he says, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all the truth. It is not open-ended. Guiding you into all the truth means that when I rise from the dead, the Holy Spirit through men will take off my resurrection and show you at that time in clear language, no more in parables. Parables is a mode of communication for people with low IQ. When people are low, you break it down in parables. But when you are born of God, your IQ is God's IQ. Yeah, you have the mind, the understanding of Christ. So we speak, we compare spiritual with spiritual and we speak plainly. No more veil. Because a shadow having uh, uh, the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things can never, can never. All the sacrifices they brought every year, all the animals they were killing was capital economic waste because it didn't achieve anything. But because they didn't believe in Christ, Moses had to give them something that would bring their understanding to what God was saying. Am I communicating tonight? Yeah. Is it anyone that will not believe that prophet? So, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, observe the word expounded. Put it up for me again. Luke 24, 27. He expounded. The word expounded is the Greek word diharmonia. Yeah, diharmonia. Diharmonia means he interpreted. He interpreted. Meaning the Old Testament must be explained. Meaning the Old Testament is not literal. So the reason for expounding. He interpreted. He interpreted Moses. Jesus interpreted the prophets. Why? Because before he died, he told them, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. And they say, how can a little boy like you raise up a temple that took us 46 years? But they didn't know what he was talking about. Then, when he rose from the dead, they, they now understood that the temple he was talking about was his body. What he was saying is that the physical temples of the Old Testament were pointers that I will die and destroy this temple, and out of this temple must produce temples. So, today you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, you are the house of God. Am I teaching good here? Yeah, you don't need to go to a location to find God. You are the carrier of God. You don't go to his presence. You are his presence. If anybody is looking for God's presence, the moment you appear, God's presence just walked in. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. You don't need to walk up your emotions into his presence. Whether you feel it or not, you are the carrier of his presence. Somebody shout, I hear you. Beginning at Moses, he expounded diharmonia. He interpreted, he unveiled the things, the things. So if Jesus will have a Bible study and all he talked about was himself, why does a preacher want to go from what Jesus taught? Christianity is apostolic and historic. Christianity is apostolic and historic. What they handed down to us, we don't improve on it. We just transfer it. So, what were the messages preached in Acts of the Apostles? The first church. Acts chapter 2. Christ died, he was buried. Third day, he rose. Acts chapter 3. Peter's second sermon Christ died, he was buried. The third day, he rose again. Third message in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Daily in the temple and from house to house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus. That's the next message in the book of Acts. What else? The book of Acts chapter 6 and 7. Stephen, before he died. Christ died, he was buried, you people killed him, and on the third day, he rose again. They took stones and finished him. What about Acts chapter 8? Next message. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 philip went down to samaria and preached christ unto them what about the house of cornelius in acts chapter 10 peter talked about the death burial resurrection while he spoke about the death burial and resurrection the holy ghost fell All the messages in the book of Acts, there was no motivation. There were no business skills. There was no how to make it. There was no dreams becoming a reality. No, we are not motivators. We are men of God. A child of God does not need motivation. A child of God has the Holy Ghost. We are naturally motivated. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Somebody shout, I hear you. We don't need a comedian to make us laugh. We don't need a comedian on our pulpits. No, we have the joy of the Holy Ghost. You cannot have the joy of the Holy Ghost and be looking for a comedian. Listen, listen, listen. I'm about to close. I'm about to close. I can say this here because I know Pastor Flourish is not playing games. So I can say these things without fear. We don't need no comedian in our church, they need them in government functions, not in church. Our pulpit is too sacred for jokes. We have the joy of the Holy Ghost. disciples came to jesus and said even the demons were subject to us through your name jesus said rejoice not rejoice not that demons obeyed you is natural demons obey you is not a point of celebration but rather rejoice (laughs) rather rejoice that your names are written in the book of life is there somebody in this building whose name is written in the lamb's book of life get on your feet shout some shout, jump some jump, celebrate somebody shout glory stand with me everybody where is the glory of Moses in the presence of Jesus where is the glory of Elijah in the presence of Jesus He said while the law and the prophets were standing with their standards and conditions in Romans chapter 3, the law and the prophet condemned humanity. They made things difficult for people. I mean, that's why an Isaiah can say, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whoa, whoa, woe, 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 abusing the people. Then in chapter 53, he says he was wounded for our. He added himself. The other one, he didn't add himself. But when he was talking of redemption, reality, <laughs> he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our, our iniquities, just of our peace was upon him by his stripes. We are healed. He put himself in the number. You know why? Because the only truth in the mouth of the prophets was what they said about Christ. Anything else they said about Christ, outside of Christ, is left for them. The only thing that Christ has fulfilled is what they said about him. Luke 24, These are the words which I speak unto you while I was here with you. That all things that are written in the law of Moses, in the prophet, in the Psalms, I have fulfilled them concerning me. For all the promises of God are in him. Yes. Amen. Do you realize that even the genealogy in the Bible terminated with Christ? The moment it got to Christ, terminology stopped. That's why we don't know the father and mother of Peter. Because it's useless to us. Somebody said to me, okay, if if Cain found a wife to marry, where did he get a wife? After all, was just Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Where did they find a wife? And I said to him, the Bible is not a book that gives you the details of how the world emerged and begun. The Bible has a bias. The bias is salvation. If you look for anything outside of salvation, which is in Christ Jesus in the Bible, you won't find it there. It's a book of Christ. That's why scholars call the Bible a Christocentric material. Christ-centered. Somebody said to me, what about 666 in the book of Revelation? I said, you didn't read the book very well. The book of Revelation is not about 666 and horses and riders. What is the book of Revelation for? Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. Put it up for me. Let's read the first sentence together. Everybody want to go? So when you read the book of Revelation, who are you looking for? Jesus Christ is the subject of the book. I can go on and on. Every book of the Bible is Christ-centered. Every book, including Esther. Esther is not a book for beauty pageants. No, 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 no. Esther is not a book for one night with the king. Why will I want to have one night with the king when the king lives in me forever? Why will I go for one night? I have him forever living on my inside. Somebody shout, I hear you. So what's the book of Esther? The book of Esther is the book of Christ. Where is Christ in Esther? After all, that is one book where there is no G-O-D. So where is Christ in the book of Esther? Old Testament, types and shadows. Prophecies, promises. So what's the type and the shadow in Esther? Esther could not see the king until she fasted for three days. Because if she didn't fast for three days, she may be killed. What is three days? Burial, resurrection, three days. And on the third day, she saw the king and delivered Israel. On the third day, Jesus Jesus rose and delivered mankind It's the book of Jesus And it's Jesus And Jesus only I thought somebody would shout a powerful amen. amen Lift your right hands tonight Father we pray that Revelation knowledge Grows big On the inside Of your people Revelation knowledge Like never before Veils fall off Clarity comes, your people equipped and empowered to walk in their realities. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. The entrance of your word giveth it light, it giveth it understanding to the simple. Barriers terminated, sick bodies be healed, opposition terminated. In the name of Jesus, receive healing for your bodies receive favor for your jobs receive favor for your businesses receive favor for your career receive it in the name of Jesus thank you father look up to me everybody the songwriter said when all things are surrounds becomes shadows in the light of you When you see Jesus, money loses value. The proof that you've really seen Christ is that nothing on earth anymore is of any value than Christ. Look at that woman. Jesus said, woman, give me water to drink. She said, what do we have in common? We have nothing in common. We are Samaritans, you're Jews. He said, if only you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you water you will have given me water and I will give you living water you never thirst and then long story cut short Jesus told her who she was she stood up, gave him the well gave him the bucket went and brought the whole city to Jesus when you see Jesus everything loses value Jesus tops everything on the list he becomes your only passion and your only pursuit I want to ask you to give an offering tonight in worship. We give in honor. We are because he is. Without him, we are nothing. He is the one that gives meaning to what we have. So tonight, I want to take up your offerings. And I want you to give generously. I want you to give generously. If You're making a check. Make it out in the name of this ministry. Make it out in the name of this church the logic church, the banking details are on the screen. You want to support the conference? This, This is a good conference to support. It's a good conference to support. A lot of people are preaching things that are not even the gospel and they are giving millions to preach it. This is a righteous cause. Let them that favor his righteous cause shout for joy. Let them continually say, the Lord be magnified that has pleasure. In the prosperity of his servants. I'd like you to grab that offering. Grab that. You know, you're making transfers. The banking details on the screen. Those watching online, you want to give. You don't want to hear this kind of word and just walk away. You want to give, you know, to, to this ministry. Support this conference. Support all that we do. Father, we rejoice tonight. Your people are giving in faith. Your people are giving with joy. Your people are giving in response to the word. Your people are giving in honor of what Christ has done. And we thank you for the privilege to invest and give our monies into saving souls. I pray for everybody tonight. Your needs are met supernaturally according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you that our offering is a sweet smell before you. And we give you praise for the blessing. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for great manifestations of glory and grace that is upon this ministry. And we rejoice. And we thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says that amen like you know it's answered. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, let's celebrate, prof. (laughs) So, I have a question. Prof, what would you be teaching tomorrow morning? Hey, tomorrow morning. (laughs) Today I just walked to the foundation. Tomorrow we will begin to dig into the details know the devil is in the details tomorrow we'll get into the details of what we did tonight you don't want to miss tomorrow